Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the CAF Champions League, with the 16 places in the expanded group stage having been decided. Only one West African team made it, so why is that? Also, Giants TP Mazembe were knocked out. We speak to fans of the club. I'm so proud because he's like the flag of Africa. Wherever my game, Mazembe goes, he goes in the name of the whole African country. Also, your comments on the new CAF president, Ahmed, from Madagascar. And we go to the English Premier League, where managers at struggling clubs continue to be shown no mercy. Plus an update on what's happening in China in the Super League there. So that's all coming up. Uh, Well, we had some very exciting games in the CAF Champions League last weekend as the 16 places were decided for the group stage. The second legs of the first round produced some big upsets. Shortly, I'll tell you about Zimbabwe champions Caps United knocking out Giants TP Mazembe. Well, both Nigerian teams went out. That's Enugu Rangers and Rivers United. Young Africans of Tanzania missed the chance to get into the expanded 16-team group phase. Eight-time winners Al-Atli edged Bidvest Vits of South Africa 1-0 on aggregate. St George of Ethiopia pulled off a shocker, beating AC Leopards of Congo 3-0 on aggregate. And Morocco's Widad Casablanca needed penalties to beat Munana of Gabon. So of the 16 qualified teams, only one is from West Africa. That's Cotton Spore of Cameroon. There are nine North African teams, one from Central Africa, that's AS Vita of DR Congo, one from the Eastern Region, and interestingly, four from the South, including holders Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa. Well, Solomon, last year the group stage had eight teams and two of them were from West Africa. Now just one out of 16. What does this tell us? Steve, uh, it is indeed uh, shocking and shameful that we only have one West African team. And it is a a big shame that we don't have uh, the big teams from Nigeria. Rangers International, Rivers United were kicked out. I remember the days when Ayimba uh, used to dominate, you know, African football. Uh, remember the days when Ars of Oak and Asante Kotoko from Ghana, when they used to dominate African football. Remember the days when Asag Mimosa and also African sport used to dominate African football. But all that has gone down. What has gone wrong? Have we been stagnant for a long time that we've not been able to move on and to improve? That other teams uh, and clubs from Southern Africa and Eastern Africa are catching up? That's the big question. Because one major problem that has always been uh, with the West African teams is the case of administration. There's always a money problem. Sometimes the players go on strike or the coach decided to just go on strike. Uh, You know, even the football league in itself, the way it's run. We've seen big sponsors pulling out because they are not okay with the transparency. So those are the cases where when you want to compete uh, within the continent of Africa, you have to make sure you keep improving. You keep improving in all departments, in your development, infrastructures, in your academies, in everything. I'm not going to say, you know, West African teams lack uh, talent. That's not the that's not the case, you know. Uh, there are a lot of uh, huge pool of talent across the West African region. It's just a case of putting those talents together and making sure they function as a unit. So I hope this is going to be a huge wake-up call 
call for football clubs in West Africa. Well, so some strong comments there from Solomon. He thinks it's not good enough. Only one team out of 16 in the group stage of the Champions League from West Africa. Uh, that's Cotton Sport of Cameroon. So is there cause for concern in club football in West Africa? Is football declining in the region at club level? Tell us what you think on WhatsApp and on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Is there cause for concern for club football in West Africa? Well, still on the CAF Champions League, here in Harare, we got to witness an amazing giant killing act as Zimbabwe's Caps United qualified for the group stage for the first time, knocking out five-time champions TP Mazembe of DR Congo on away goals. It was 1-1 in Lubumbashi and 0-0 here, and a very tense game for the home fans as they watched their team hang on. It's a big shocker as TP Mazembe have won the Champions League three times in the last eight seasons and also took the Confederation Cup last year. I spoke to Caps United fans after the game. I'm feeling happy. We managed to hold the TP Mazembe team. Hashtag, we go Caps. No, it's, it's good for the country. Well done, Caps United. They've done it. They've done us well. Congratulations for, uh, for Caps United. Can you believe it? A giant killing act. I can't believe it. Tipi Mazemba being the giant killing in Africa. And we have dumped them out. I'm happy. They're so deserving. The work is very hard for the win. Did you think it could be done? I, I, was, I was in doubt myself. But after the first half, first 45 minutes, I could see the signs that the guys would make it. And I'm happy for them. Well, what a moment for fans of Caps United doing the near impossible. And Caps United club president Farai Jerry told me that he's very pleased that CAF expanded the tournament to have 16 teams in the group stage from this year. It's a good thing. It's always a good thing. You know, even in the World Cup, you know, it's a good thing that uh, uh, there are more teams. Because at the end of the day, besides all, all other things which we might talk of, football is business. Yes, we understand. But the most important thing is we need to bring entertainment to people. Can you look at how people love football? Football, you know, is a unifier. You, when you come to a football match, you forget about the problems that you have. I can tell you, Steve, the next game which we are going to play here, we are going to have a huge crowd than the one which was here. They follow results. That's what they want. So the expanded 16-team Champions League, giving fans around the continent a better chance to see some of the top clubs coming to play in their country. Well, this was the fourth time that I've been able to watch TP Mazembe in action. I saw them win the Champions League final back in 2009 in their hometown of Lubumbashi. And the Congolese side are the most successful team in Africa over the past decade. Remember, they made it to the FIFA Club World Cup final back in 2010, the first African team to get that far, uh, losing to Inter Milan of Italy in the final. Well, TP Mazembe fans are amazing. They always have a few hundred noisy supporters whenever they play away with a brass band getting behind them. Yes, that's the sound of TP Mazembe supporters and I spoke to some of their fans about their love for this famous team. My name is Joseph Mutoboto from DRC Congo, Kinshasa. 
So did you travel from from Kinshasa for this match? Yeah, all the way to support my team. No football is more than food for me. <laughs> I came by plane. Some of the players they from my home, from grew up together, they my youngsters. So I'm here to support them. And Mazembe, five-time African champions. How proud are you of this club? I'm so proud because it's like the flag of Africa. Wherever my game, Mazembe goes, he goes in the name of the whole African country. So we have to support Mazembe on behalf of the whole African people. Yeah. What's your name? Where are you coming from? My name is Augustine. I'm from Congo. I just arrived. I'm proud of my team. Oh, my name is Freddy. I'm from DRC Congo. I'm from Kinshasa. But for now, I'm in Zimbabwe and I came to support my team, Tipi Mazembe. Tipi Mazembe, which is a big, 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 big team in Africa. And you know that we own this Champions League for five times and then we are happy to support our team here in Harare. My name is Danny. I come from TRC, Bukavu. I come to support my team. Uh, how much do you love them? Uh, 100%. It's the best team in Africa. Yes, that is the number one in Africa. And all, every all way, they, they are not tipping Masembe. We love too much our team because we know if it's our first team here in Africa. Because uh, everyone, all of uh, many countries, they are not that is the first team here in Africa, please. You guys know how to support, you've got this band, you, your drums, you really know how to support your team. Yeah, we like to support the music because we know that's in the music... Uh, culture, that's why we support with music. And you know in, in, uh, in the music, uh, there's uh, some power in the music. Yeah. Yes, there's power and we are singing uh, gospel. If we are music, that music, we are singing gospel, that's gospel. So we are... Uh, yes, I just love my team, is what I can say. In singing, there's power. If we are singing, and our team there is like, ah, yes, we have got good supporters. You mean these are gospel songs you've been singing today? Yeah, songs, the songs we are singing is a gospel song for God to listen our cry so that we can win. Don't you have Juju guys as well? No, we don't have Juju. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in Jesus. That's why we're and going to win. Going and we are going home tomorrow with winning. Because right now Season I'm feeling happy. <laughs> right now I'm feeling happy. Right now I'm like, ah, see our guys are coming Zimbabwe, now with Zimbabwe. power. And we are still singing gospel so that we win. Well, I was talking to those fans at half-time, and TP Mezembe have very colourful supporters, and despite what that lady said there, they do appear to have strong beliefs in Juju or Muti. Now, there was one fan shaking some strange white powder from a container, and the powder was being swept away by a man dressed in a leopard-skin warrior outfit, uh, sweeping the powder with a small broom made of porcupine quills or spikes from the porcupine. There were several other mysterious-looking figures among the Mazembe faithfuls. But interesting that that lady said that they do sing gospel songs and believe in the power of Jesus. As it uh, ended up, Mazembe were knocked out in that particular tie. But what do you make of that, Solomon? Steve, it's definitely great uh, for me, I feel, whether you're a football fan or you support a team, or you're a football player, or you're a football administrator, it's great to have faith in Jesus and pray for victories. But, you know, sometimes we, we focus on trying to get things from God, what we want, not really what God wants for us. And, and we focus on trying to get things instead of focusing on trying to get a relationship. You know, across the African continent, you know, when it comes to football, there's always the religious side of football. You know, there's always the faith side of football where people pray. We've seen teams praying before a game. 
football fans also praying for their team, trying to get some sort of divine intervention, you know. But we have to be careful that we don't go to God only to to get something from it. We God is a relational God. He loves to have a relationship with, with us. You know, he's just like our parent. We don't only go to our parent when we need support, when we need money, when we need certain things from them. We, we go to them to sit down and talk, you know, because they want to find out how we're doing, because they want to support us. We want to find out how our parents are doing also, because we want to support them. We want to walk in obedience. We want to do what is right. We want to learn from them. We want to get mentorship from them. Football is, is not about winning and losing you know football is all about just trying to compete show what you have show how much you uh, you've uh, you've acquired and in your skill and what you're able to do you know and also create some sort of a friendly atmosphere it's not just about winning you know so because your team loses doesn't mean god is not on your side doesn't mean god doesn't love you but you know there's only one god that is in charge of everything and because he's the one that created the universe the one that gave his son Jesus to come and die on the cross for us. So going to him through Jesus is very, very, very important because Jesus wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with us every single day. When things are okay for us, when things that we feel things are not okay for us, he still wants a relationship because he wants to be involved. So it's not just all about winning. And when we learn about that from the football side of things we can apply that in our lives in our families in our businesses and in our jobs and you know and and we can live a a peaceful life and a stress-free life well thanks very much for that solomon this is planet sport football africa brought to you by passion for sport and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime to download go to the play store or the apple itunes app store and enter planet sport football africa Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programs too in our archive. You can also listen to the show on our website, that's planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Well, now we turn to social media and last week the Confederation of African Football voted in a new president. That's the head of the Madagascar Football Federation, Ahmed Ahmed, who beat Issa Hayatu of Cameroon by 34 votes to 20 after Hayatu had been in the post for the past 29 years. So we asked, is the change going to be good for African football? First, I must say we had another record response from listeners, so we'll get through as many as we can, but sorry if we don't get to read yours out. Abdullai Balde in The Gambia says, Yes, absolutely, it's a good move. African football needed change a long time ago, and I'm very happy, says Abdullai. Gemo in the United States says, Congratulations to Ahmed. Thanks to Issa Hayatu for the good job he's done, but a change and a new perspective was inevitable. I hope the new president will take CAF to a new high level. Fode Silla in The Gambia says, Yes, we're hoping this change will be good for African football, considering that a new president is expected to bring new and progressive ideas that will develop the continent's football to a higher level. We would want to congratulate Ahmed for his win and equally thank Mr Hayatu for his contribution to African football and to world football as a whole. From Kenya, Odipo Morris says change is always good. I'm optimistic that it means well for the continent. And Samana Sonko in the Gambia says yes, Ahmed is going to be good for Africa. When new people come into office, they bring new ideas. So I think Ahmed will bring lots of changes in African football, says Ansamana. 
to Alagi Manga, also in the Gambia, who agrees. I think Ahmed will be good for developing African football, says Alagi. Africa needs somebody who can give us the World Cup, but he has a lot to do to take us to the next level. Indeed. On another note, Mwinga Maimbolowe in Zambia says the change was influenced by the world-governing body FIFA, which was sad in a way. We all saw how the president of FIFA was globetrotting around the continent in the name of a tour. Issa Hayatu did a lot for African football, and he might have had his faults, but he was, without a doubt, the best CAF president ever. Filling his boots will be very hard, and Ahmed now has to walk the talk that he campaigned on. Uh, thanks for those views, Mwinga. Yes, so we had a Gianni Infantino, the FIFA president here in Zimbabwe, for what was said to be a birthday party for the Zimbabwe Football Association president, but uh, we don't know what went on behind the scenes here and indeed in the many African countries that Gianni Infantino visited. To Malawi now, and Gift Chipanda says, that's very good news to hear, because whenever there's a change of leadership, there is development. Other football leaders need to put down their tools too when they've done their part to allow others to run. But Jesse Rando in Sierra Leone disagrees. I don't think this is a good move because Ahmed will not be able to adapt to the difficulties of African football. He will try, says Jesse, but he will not succeed. Babu Ka Jaju in the Gambia says we really appreciate the hard work that Hayatu has done for Africa since I was a kid up to now, but I think it's time for a change. Let somebody else play his part too, says Babu Ka. Abdu Boy in the Gambia speaks on behalf of many when he says if there's no corruption and revenge and Ahmed formulates new policies, that would help the football of Africa. Albert Kadzombe in Malawi says, First of all, let me congratulate Ahmed for his victory. I believe that the change of leadership will benefit Africa as a whole because he will come up with new ideas on how to develop our African game. Ansumana Kole in the Gambia says, I implore Ahmed to take the necessary measures to increase participating teams in the Cup of Nations and all of the CAF championships. Change has finally come and now our expectations are very high, says Ansumana. To Cameroon now and Silas Ankiambom Ngong says, yes, this change will be good for Africa. 29 years is too much for one single individual. Even if it means doing the same thing but with a different leader, the change will be good for African football and for other areas of African leadership, says Silas. And Barry in Sierra Leone agrees. He says this is a very good and exciting change in African football. Hayatu has overstayed his time and lost his sense of leadership, says Barry. But Alhaji in the Gambia isn't so sure. People always say let's have change, but not every change will be good, says Alhaji. Hayatu has really contributed in African football, so we'll see what this man Ahmed can do. And Amadou Mane in the Gambia says, I believe this change is going to bring lots of positive change in African football, especially in grassroots and youth football, which is very significant in terms of developing the game on the continent. Uh, finally, some WhatsApp voice messages. Here's Musa Balde in the Gambia. Which is really good for all African football lovers. We are looking forward for him to work with the respective FAs in Africa and also South African interests in the world of football. Thanks, Musa. We also heard from Ebrima Kante in the Gambia. I think it is a good move for African football. Even 
FIFA got a new president. So I think it is a great move. Ayato did something great for African football, but it is time for us to move on and so that fresh ideas can come up. Transparency, we want more transparency in African football. And here's the views of Mamadou Kajaga, also in the Gambia. I think the change of leadership in African football is very good because African football has been in one direction for almost three decades under the leadership of Isa Hayato. I think Ahmad could inject in a new thinking, a new philosophy, and also invest a lot in terms of talent development in Africa. Also infrastructure because these are things that the African continent is struggling with. I'm looking forward to a better confederation of African football in terms of their finance administration and a better working relationship with the world football governing body, FIFA. Well, thanks, Mamadou. Thanks for all of those views. Again, apologies if we didn't get to read out your message. So this week we're asking, is club football declining in West Africa? As the CAF Champions League has only one West African team in the 16 who made it to the group stage. Is there cause for concern for club football in West Africa? Send us a WhatsApp comment to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now let's go to the English Premier League and our European football expert Stuart Weir joins us from the UK. It's an international break this weekend for World Cup qualifiers and international friendly, so a good time to catch up on how it's looking in the English Premier League. Uh, Stuart, how do you see the race for the top four places, those all-important places in the UEFA Champions League? Well, Chelsea have now gone 10 points clear at the top of the Premier League table and frankly look uncatchable. But which three clubs will finish in the three places below them to claim the Champions League places is far from certain. At the moment, it's Tottenham, Manchester City and Liverpool who occupy those spots. But Arsenal have lost four of their last five games and have dropped down to sixth. Now, Manchester United, while they're only fifth, have games on hand on all the clubs above them. So there's an awful lot to play for. And just to complicate it further, Manchester United are in the last eight of the Europa League. And if they were to win that, they get an automatic entry into the Champions League next season. But that would mean that only the top three in the league table, and not fourth place, get a Champions League place. But that does mean for Manchester United that they have effectively two routes to Champions League football next season, finishing in the top four or winning the Europa League. So hope certainly for Manchester United. And this brutal firing of managers continues in England, Stuart. Last week saw Middlesbrough part company with manager Ito Karanka. What's really interesting about it is that it means that of the bottom six teams in the Premier League, only Sunderland, in David Moyes, have the same manager they started the season with. And you can see the same trend in all four divisions in England. In the Championship, six of the bottom eight clubs have changed manager. In League One, ten of the bottom eleven have dismissed their manager. And League Two, five of the bottom six have appointed a new manager during the season. Now, interestingly, none of the top 14 in the Premier League has dismissed their manager and no team in the top eight in any division has 
parted company with their manager. So, Steve, it's all about results. If your team drops into the bottom six to ten places, you are vulnerable. Actually, Steve, I do hope the ratings of this program are okay, or you and I could be on our way out. (laughs) Indeed, we don't want to be losing our jobs, do we? Now, Liverpool and Cameroon defender Joel Matip has spoken to a UK newspaper about not playing for Cameroon again. Remember, he chose not to play for Cameroon at the Nations Cup in Gabon, despite being named in their preliminary squad, although he had actually retired from international duty in 2015. What did he have to say, Stuart? Matip, who joined Liverpool at the start of this season after being in Germany for eight years, simply said he wanted to concentrate on establishing himself at Liverpool, but it needed a FIFA ruling to say that he could play for Liverpool rather than for Cameroon. And he spoke about it, I think, for the first time in an interview this week with the Times newspaper in England. He said, it's not been easy for me, and I hope the chapter is now finished. I didn't understand what was going on around me. I only wanted to stay at Liverpool and play football. In the past, I have tried to represent my country and do my best and achieve everything. But the things surrounding the team were not the best. I tried and I tried again. I spoke to the old coach and he said he would change things. And I said, OK, I'll try again. But things did not get better. And you can't go on saying, well, maybe next time it'll be better. I know it's Africa and you cannot compare it to Europe. I never did. I'm not talking about the hotel or having a perfect training pitch. It's not that I wanted something special, but it would have been good if all the people were thinking about winning and achieving something and not everyone thinking about what was best for themselves. He was asked in the interview how he felt about Cameroon winning the competition and he said, I'm very happy for them because Cameroon is a big football nation but I never regretted my decision. And he also confirmed that he would not play for Cameroon again. He said, no, I want to concentrate on Liverpool. My international career is done. OK, so no regrets for Joel Matip. And you said you'd keep an eye for us on the Africans in China. How's it looking there? Well, Steve, we're two games into the 2017 Chinese football season, and I can report that five Africans have already been on the score sheet. Let's start with James Shimanga from Zambia, who scored a penalty for his club, Leong Hongzhong, and that was his 38th goal in his illustrious career in China. Papi Sisi of Senegal scored in his first game of the season, and his club, Shandong Lungang, have started with two wins, so they would look to be one of the favourites for the Super League. And Chidu Obasi Obuki of Nigeria marked his debut for Shenzhen with two goals against Dalian Transcendents. And now the busiest man, you might say, is Gabriel Sanko of Sierra Leone. Because uh, playing for Miso Kese, he's played two games, scored two goals and got two yellow cards. But Steve, I've been keeping the best news to the last. Nashe Mushekwe from Zimbabwe, of course, has scored three goals for his club, Dalian Zemang, and they have gone top of the League One with two 2-0 victories. Now, they've scored four goals in total, and Mushekwe has scored three of them. Um, 
Now, we've often featured Odian Igalo on this programme. The Nigerian moved from Watford in the English Premier League to Shangchung. But his club have started with two defeats, including a 5-1 drubbing at Shanghai Dunga. Let's hope that things get better for him as the season progresses. Oh, so not a great start then for Nigerian Odion Igalo at his club in China. And you have a dose of trivia for us, Stuart. James Milner scored a penalty for Liverpool against Man City at the weekend. And that's his seventh penalty of the season. And, you know, you have to go back to 1983 to find anyone scoring more than seven penalties in a season. And that was Ray Stewart of West Ham. Now, Steve, I know you're going to love this one. At the weekend, Hal Robson Canu of West Brom, Dominic Calvert-Lewin of Everton and James Ward-Prowse of Southampton all scored. So becoming the first three players with hyphenated surnames to score in the same weekend in top-flight English football and the records go back to 1888. <laughs> uh, that is quite amazing. Let me break that down again. Uh, there were three goal scorers with hyphens in their names in the English Premier League last weekend. Uh, Hal Robson Canu, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and James Ward-Prowse. Well, that's very impressive. Thanks very much uh, to Stuart Weir in the UK, uh, to Solomon Ashams uh, in South Africa and uh, from me, Steve Vickers in Harare. That's it for the show for this week. Thanks so much for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.